0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Awakening Dragons. Today I'm so excited to welcome Tracy Loeffler. So I'm going to introduce her a little bit before handing the mic over. She is a Hellenistic astrologer as well as a certified hypnotherapist, writer, and editor. And she came to the Hellenistic astrology and hypnotherapy as part of her health journey once she learned that Hippocrates, the father of medicine, Used traditional astrology for better understanding of treating patients. And with the tools of Hellenistic astrology, she consistently finds grace, compassion, and deep understanding of both her life and the lives of others. So, welcome, Tracy. Nice to have you here. I think that we're resonating on that, uh, I guess, similarity that actually both studied hypnotherapy. And I love this quote. I think it's amazing that they used astrology for the better understanding of people. And I think I'm finally coming onto the astrology path because I felt quite overwhelmed in the beginning of like, where do I even start? But for me, it was learning about this modality called galactic astrology and i'm like oh my god that makes sense right it encompasses so much more than just the planet so i think this is how we've connected as well but because you also do the hellenistic astrology i guess you know please introduce us to what that is and how does that differ from other forms of astrology and where do they actually relate or where there are similarities to things like galactic astrology
1: Absolutely. So thank you. And I'll start right away with there is an intersection between galactic astrology and Hellenistic astrology, which fascinates me because you've got Hellenistic astrology dates back to the third century BCE, and it was practiced up until the seventh century. So it goes way back and it's named after the time period. So it was the Hellenistic period. So that was the time it was practiced. And in Hellenistic astrology, we use whole signs, And that's the oldest Ah. system. And in a little bit, I'll show you the difference between a chart with Placidus, for example, and whole signs. I'm jumping ahead, so I'll stick with just Hellenistic astrology. So in Hellenistic astrology, they really just worked with what they saw in the sky. And they didn't just see planets in the sky. They also saw fixed stars. And so in Hellenistic astrology, there's something called the 15 Bohemian stars. But they're fixed stars and the overlap is those same fixed stars are being used in galactic astrology as well. And so Mm. one of the oldest traditions of astrology being connected to galactic astrology, I think, is just really a lot of fun and a lot of confirmation because we can learn from those fixed stars. They're part of constellations and we can see them at the galactic level, but we can also Mm. see the individual stars that align in our personal birth charts and what's the mythology behind them so if we have a specific mm. star you know if there's there's you know polaris what did polaris mean to people back in the 3rd century bce
0: yeah. and that still carries through yeah so are the i mean i guess it's a simple but necessary question are the mythologies around the stars really same same between the hellenistic and galactic And would you say that mythology kind of is showing us the archetypal energy of those fixed stars? Absolutely. So just yes, just
1: a resounding yes. And so even a lot of what's done in in a galactic astrology, it is referring to some of that information that we have from way back when with the fixed stars. So that is partly what informs our interpretation, if you're looking at it from a galactic perspective. So it's it's yes. It's yes, that that carries yeah. through. And then we can take it to next level. So if galactic astrology you can go to next levels of incarnation and karma and histories and that kind of thing, whereas fixed stars and, and Hellenistic pretty much just stays with more of that mythology, more of those different uh-huh. interpretations of what they mean. So, And so Hellenistic astrology. So one of the biggest differences, again, is using whole signs versus using Placidus. And I will bring that on the screen in a little bit. But another thing that's really important and why it resonated so much for me is it factors in whether you were born during the day or night. That's like Mm. a game changer. And so I mentioned that you and I were both grand fire trines. And so, which I'm going to ask,
0: what does that even mean? Like, I've always known that I'm a grand fire trine, but what does that mean? Like, how does it show up? Because I guess ultimately if we use astrology as a map to understand ourselves and part of my interest, you know, and I definitely work a lot with mythology archetypal mm-hmm. energy is like, how do we use this information to understand ourselves, exactly. to see it expressing, to know whether we're in flow or working against the chart. So yeah, tell us exactly. a bit, what, what is a grand, trine? <laughs> grand exactly. fire trine?
1: And for you and I in particular, how we are, we're different is we've got, you know often you hear the big 3 so you hear the sun the moon the rising you know or the ascendant like those exactly. are considered the big 3 that people look at and for what it's worth even in hellenistic astrology and other astrologies we present often way more of our rising sign than we do our sun sign like our rising sign yeah. is who we are how we present how people see us so for what it's worth that's really important and when i get into your chart a little bit even the ruler of that sign, we look where that is in the chart and that that really factors into your life and who you are. But having a grand fire trine with your big three, meaning your sun is in one, your moon is in one, and they're not together. They're not like, oh, I'm a double Sagittarius, sun and moon and Sagittarius. This means you've got all of the fires and you and I both have all the fires. So you've got a fire rising, you've got a fire moon and you've got a fire sun and that's right well okay so of course i'm gonna like it because i was born with (laughs) a lot of fire there's a lot of energy and hellenistic astrology fire is considered closest to spirit so if you're looking at Uh, the different elements like water is almost the the i don't want to say lowest but that's like the deepest because that even goes below earth and can sink into earth so fire um, is closest to spirit and interesting it's not air. Like
0: in one of my traditions, we kind of always like air. So where does air fit in to spirit?
1: Right below. So air is right below. So it would be water, earth, air, and fire. So fire Mm. is at the top, the closest to spirit. Air would be just below. And so, and when you think of even like the elements, because the elements really matter in Hellenistic astrology, or, or sometimes when I show somebody a chart, who either understands working with elements, who are really just, whether it's pagan or whatever um, work that they do, earth, air, water, fire, people maybe who use tarot cards and understand that, like swords and wands and all of that. I explain it in those terms, because it is. So we've got, you know, fire, spirit, air is the mind, you know, earth is the body, and then water is the emotions you know, and and moving through. And that's what people can even take away from this, if nothing else, when they start learning about the signs, whether it's a fire sign or an earth sign, being able to connect them to the elements. Because that's, yeah. you know, so not not having to get caught up into, I need to go online and see what it means to be an Aries. You know, well, first yeah. of all, just think, you know, fire and hot, you know, that element, exactly, you know, and add in mm. some spirit. So that's how you can perceive the sign. So so a grand fire trine, a trine is an aspect that's formed in a chart. Um, so when you look at a chart, there's different angles. Trine is a very harmonious thing. But when it's a grand trine, that means it's not just one. You've got all of them, all three are lit up. So it's either all three earth signs, all three air signs, all three water. So, So you and I, for how we present, so our bodies are fire for how people see us. Our purpose is connected Mm -hmm. to fire and our happy place Mm -hmm. is connected to fire. So it's a very, it's a very high energy. And sometimes it's a lot. Sometimes it's a lot to hold that much fire. Um, Yeah. So, but, but how that ties into day or night charts, which, you know, again, where I found the compassion now you're a day chart. So you were born during
0: the day. Day, day. Okay. So reborn in the day.
1: Yep. So if you were okay. born during the day when the sun was up, you're, you can say a day, day chart, you know, is is like a short sure way to say it, a day chart. Um, and this is where it was a game changer for me, Hellenistic astrology, because almost all of my planets are also in fire. So they're not, you know, beside mm. the three, I I've got a lot of fire. I'm almost all fire. And when I would get readings from people, I even had a reading from some amazing woman who published multiple books and in her mid-70s, they all fell flat for me. They didn't feel like they described me because I have a Leo moon. So my moon is um mm. Jupiter moon up in Leo and Aries. You know, you and I are both Aries. And so, you know, again, pretty intense there. So with somebody who is that much fire and a day chart, so again, I got a little extra fire. So don't feel like, wait a minute, is this? People would have thought I was just me, 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 me. And can we look at me some more? And then how about some more me? And oh, can we just change everything back to me? And that wasn't me. That that didn't feel right. That didn't resonate. I mean, sure, I'm okay speaking and being in front of things. But that, that that focus didn't feel right to me. The houses also didn't, which I'll get to later. What the difference, so anybody who's listening to this right now, if you know if you're born during the day or night, so somebody born during the day is going to have more of a solar focus, more of a me focus. Me focus doesn't mean that you don't care about other people or you're self-centered by any stretch, but just it's almost like you are the channel. You like what you're doing right now. Like I look at your chart, and it's like, of course, you know, you you are the <laughs> channel. You are the one bringing it forth. It's just you. Whereas people born at night think of the moon and the moon's energy. They reflect the light of the sun, and so the yeah. energy. So if you can think of the amount, I have six of my seven main planets in fire. That fire is reflected outwards, so it's more community focused. Not that a day chart can't do community work, but so much of the energy is just channeled outwards, you know, a mm. really heavy emphasis on service to others, almost to the to a detriment of themselves, mm. but but it's very, very other-oriented. Whereas somebody born during the day would probably have more of a I'm not going to say groundedness because you could have a whole lot of air, you know, and be born during the day too, and you might need a little extra. I energy. mean,
0: I relate to the different elements in different ways. So it'd be interesting to talk to, but yeah. yeah so, how does the day the day chart reflect the same fireness then? Like, if you had the same planets and all in fire, how does the day chart or express that?
1: So the day chart again, that expression is going to be happening more through you you know, and and it's not Mm -hmm. anything we do and being on earth and having a body obviously is going to come through us because that's how things happen in life. But you would be more of a, you know, again, if you picture somebody who they, they are, I keep going back to just, they are the channel, like they, they it's, it's through them. They are the person bringing that message. So I'm very much, you know, I've been in plenty of leadership roles, you know, I can run stuff. It's not that I can't, but there is a degree where it's just, there is such an other focus, almost again, to a detriment, you know, like, well, let me support that person and that person, how can I build this up? Like, I often feel like I'll call myself like fairy dust. Like if I get involved Mm. in your project, I will bring fairy dust to it and I will make it very successful. Instead of saying, mm-hmm. well, hey, let me just make me successful and let me yeah, have some- right. not judgment with it, but it's like it's easier for me to bring a lot of success to others than it is for me to just sit in my own level of mm-hmm. being able to take that in. And again, not that it necessarily comes easy for people day or night, but but how it changed for me is because somebody with so much fire, there's such a perception of let's just make everything about me. And can we just change all those conversations? But that's not necessarily true with people who have a lot of fire in their chart and who have prom- yeah. Leo, for example, in their chart. So the day part softened it and how you and I would be different with a day or night is it informs which planets are more helpful for us and which planets are more challenging to us. So it's called okay. doctrine of sect. So if you were born during the day, the planet that would be most supportive for you, your benefic of sect is what it's called, would be Jupiter. So Jupiter and Venus mm. are considered the two benefic planets. So by day, Jupiter is going to be, so in a Jupiter transits or Jupiter placements in your chart, Jupiter is just going to give you some of that extra goodness. Not that Venus won't, it's just a little bit stronger for, for Jupiter. So for me, it's Venus. And now going with the prolifics, the two, Mars and Saturn, for me, Saturn is much more challenging of a planet. For somebody born during the day, Mars will be more challenging. So for me, a Saturn Mm -hmm. transit, my dad just died, you know, during my Saturn stuff, you know, like Saturn is really, really dark in my chart. Saturn is also, there's something called um, dignity, essential dignity, Saturn is very unhappy where he is in my chart. He's considered in fall because he's in Aries. That's his least happy place in the entire chart. So he's in fall and he's also conjunct my sun in my north node. And so Saturn has a really like he's not happy and he's affecting my brightness, you know, the sun because of how close they are. And if you think of them, again, not having to go, like let me look online what those mean, Saturn, if you think temperatures would be associated with cold, it's the farthest planet that we can see in the sky with our naked eye. Mars hot. So you're born during the day. You can imagine that Mars during the day is going to be extra cranky with the extra heat. Like he doesn't need extra Mm. heat. He's already really hot. And so by day that just increases his heat And then for night charts where it's already cold, the coldness is increased. And so that's why Saturn would be more, well, more malefic. That's why it's seen that way. And then Mercury goes both ways. So Mercury, it depends Mm. on whether he, because Mercury is so close to the sun, he's always within a certain number of degrees of the sun. If Mercury comes up before the sun or after the sun, then you compare it to your chart. And so Mercury can be good or bad but you have other factors that you bring into it.
0: Day chart you're saying that Mars is already fiery and mm-hmm. so that is or not.
1: Not. Not. It's taking someone who's already got a lot of fire not. and giving them okay. some extra fire. So if you're born during the day, Mars is going to be more challenging for you both in your natal chart and with transits. And Jupiter okay. is going to be better in your happier in your chart and with transits. And for people born okay. at night, Saturn is going to be the planet that's going to be more challenging both in their chart and with transits. And Venus is the one that's going to bring a little extra to their charts.
0: So if the average person is not really looking at their transits and things like yep. I don't, right? I don't exactly. know what's yep. happening. Yep. How would this? information show up day to day like what can someone be more aware of or mindful just knowing whether they're night or day like what can we tune into or how can we use this daily without if we're not looking at our transits and all the movements so you don't ever honestly you don't ever have to look at your transits because
1: sometimes that's just too much information and you don't need to know (laughs) You don't need to know. And honestly, what's going to happen is going to happen. Like there's some ways there's something the predictive technique in, in Hellenistic astrology is called zodiacal releasing. And it uses time lords, which is really cool, Um, which because like everything is an active all the time. So transits aren't necessarily useful because a Saturn transits two and a half years. Does this mean you're yeah. going to have two and a half years of awfulness? Absolutely not but then in hellenistic astrology when you take a look at when are when is saturn activated those are the windows where you might have challenges mm-hmm. so i've been able to drill it down where i know where there might be a 6 day window where my health might be affected by stuff outside wow. of it so that's that's useful and i try not to look i really try not to look when you have these tools sometimes you're like i just don't want to know so
0: so again, I said it's sometimes just too much information. It's too much right? it but... doesn't
1: matter. So what? So for somebody who doesn't look and doesn't know transits, knowing your chart does make a difference. And so that's where you mm. can use this information. So if you know your chart, if you know where Venus is in your chart, where these different planets are in your chart, mm. then you can really work with that energy. So, but you know mm. what? Even if you never looked at your chart, let's go to that. You never looked at your chart, but you just knew if you were born during day or night, you can just go outside and connect mm. with the planets, go outside. And if you want, you can put an app on your phone or else you can just find out like what, you know, what which, which one is Venus, which one's Jupiter, go outside and just connect with the sky. Mm. Like that is one of the deepest things you can do even as an astrologer go outside yeah. and connect with you know don't just look at the little glyphs on the screen go out what does venus feel like Well,
0: that's, that's like all this theoretical information it's like okay so how do we actually see it happening what are we connecting to so you mentioned that so jupiter is beneficial right yes. for yeah. for the day signs yeah. right so i think you in our side chat you had already mentioned if we look at the two charts the placidus and the whole yes. sign i think my computer yes. ends up being different house so let's just assume that people have houses but if it's showing up in a different place what does that mean does that mean actually jupiter is helpful in both of those houses like what can that information mean since there are few systems of astrology and our sign placements can end up shifting exactly so and what
1: doesn't so your signs aren't going to change just your houses and so regardless of what house system anybody use, uses, their sun, if you have a sun in Aries, your sun will just always be in Aries. It does not matter what house system you use. Um, mm. For you, your Jupiter is in Capricorn, full stop. So it does, you know what house system you use does not change that. So the the zodiac signs that your planets are in, it just is. That's a mathematical thing. The moment of your birth. That's where they were Mm -hmm. in the sky in relation to those things. So with house systems, the houses are basically telling you where things are happening in your life. Is it happening with your work? Is it happening in your home? Is it happening in your um, relationships? Is it happening in your body? And so that gives us the where. And so a Jupiter and Capricorn. So in Hellenistic astrology, So Jupiter is the happy planet, but his least happy place to be is in Capricorn. So (sighs) it's all good. It's all good. They're still benefic. And again, it doesn't matter if you're day or night. Jupiter is a good guy, no matter what. Jupiter doesn't look, because picture Capricorn, right? Like it's Capricorn's ruled by Saturn and it's like hardworking and it's got, you know, the rules and it's just like those earthy workers. And then you've got Jupiter, which is like... You know, expansive and just kind of freedom and just these like spiritual things. It's almost like a energy, isn't it? It is, it is. But with yours, what happens is you go from having in the fifth house to the sixth house. So the where, so so how Jupiter expresses isn't necessarily change, but where in your life it changes. And so by moving from the fifth house for you to the sixth house with Jupiter. Sixth house in traditional astrology, Hellenistic astrology is a house of illness and injury, but it's also your Mm -hmm. daily routine, you know, like how you Mm -hmm. do life, you know, how you do work. And so for you, because he's benefic, because you're a day chart, you know, so Jupiter is like a little extra for you. That would be a positive thing. I wouldn't see, like, I've got, I've got Mars, even though he's good for me, I have Mars in the sixth house, which means lifelong health Mm -hmm. issues. So I have mm-hmm. a malefic, a not happy planet in the sixth house. So that would denote health issues. You've got this lovely, happy, benefic planet. And so the flip side of that would be really having a lot of strength in that area. And so even if we were to switch to thinking of purpose in life, like that's that's part of it. Sixth house is just how you do your daily life, how you do that expression. And so you've got that Capricorn energy with your sixth house, which would be somebody who's hardworking, you know, somebody like, mm-hmm. I, If you could only interview people based on charts. <laughs> you would be like, hire her, because you've got these like, you know, of, of your second house, your sixth house, your 10th, You've got this like this grounded, these earth signs, which is like somebody who is just steady and stable. So you might have that fire of your sun, moon and rising, but in those signs that pertain to job, career purpose, you've got that earth mm. and that stability and that that that, yeah. that that hardworking and almost like you can bring mm. that spirit down because you're not just up here with fire you've got that groundedness so you can yeah, earth I do like a
0: lot of that work is about that whole anchoring you know it's like pull it up from there and really bring it down yeah. um i'm resonating a lot with the whole you know just just going you know like it does i mean in uh human design as well like i'm a generator which just mm-hmm. means it's just like this yeah. powerhouse of g constantly
1: yeah
0: um in switching the houses then so it was in fifth and now it's in sixth Mm -hmm. is that kind of just again more information to say yes your uh, jupiter was already there and is expressing in your fifth house with looking at the hellenistic system is that also then saying it is also expressing in your sixth house like is that how we look at that information when we look at the change
1: yeah some some people will be like A purist and go, no, whole sign is the oldest system. That's the right system. Or placidus. It's like, I identify with that so much. I can't take. So some people are just going to have strong um, affinities to one. And some people just might be like, this is it. Other people Mm. can look at it and say, this is just more information. And that's okay. Mm. And I take in both. For me, it changes a lot of signs, or not a lot of signs, a lot of planets. So I would have had a heavy fourth house focus that bumped over to the fifth. And that just feels truer. So I think there is a degree, though, of a both-and. I think if you're used to Placidus, I think you can take elements of both. And even with Placidus, like the house system is the house system, but you can still know that, you know, with a day chart, certain planets might be stronger for you. So you might still love Placidus, but you can still know that, well, these are going to be my benefit. Mm. This is going to be a little bit stronger for me. This is, you know, there's element connections to the Mm. signs, you know, so there's different things that you can still bring to it. So they're not, maybe this is a sin for me to say they're not mutually exclusive, but I think we can learn from
0: everything. I mean, I'm definitely someone who works with different maps. Mm-hmm. and I love that to be committed to one in fact we should look at several like not yeah. not in a way that's dating us with information and intellectualizing yeah. it, but more from a perspective of what did I need to know from Hellenistic astrology that I didn't know from anything else yes I, I think that yes. what maps are really helpful yes for. yes that being said what what are the fixed stars what are the what is the story the mythology that's running through the chart so i know that you've had a look you've run it in the two houses so what are the yeah. highlights if you call it i guess I, one of the um, intentions is also to have people see their story resonate mm-hmm. with oh yeah i see how that has mm-hmm. shown up in life so what yeah. what life story can you tell me about me without knowing yes. me <laughs> So let's let's take a peek.
1: So we'll do a screen share, but I'll also share this. So for those that are listening, you're not going to miss everything by not having it on screen, but I will bring that up just kind of as a point of reference for you to follow. So here I'll do the screen share and I will bring up first, just a little peek of what I was meaning by um, Placidus versus whole sign. So again, the, the signs are going to stay in the same order on that same wheel, no matter what house, house system you use. So that is just a foundation. Mm. So it's always it's always going to be Taurus will always follow Aries. It will always be that way. But now the houses, again, the houses are where in the life things show up. So if planets are the what shows up in your life and the signs are mm. how they show up in your life, the the houses show you where. And that is where you're mm-hmm. going to feel the difference. And for people that are just seeing this on the screen, on the left side, I have whole sign. On the right, I have placidus. And the main thing that you're going to notice is there's different sizes to the houses. So in whole signs, mm-hmm. every house, it's divided into 30 degrees. So whether it's Placidus or whole sign it's 360 degrees to go around the whole circle. In whole signs, it just means there's one sign per house, and each one is 30 degrees all the way through. In Placidus, that differs. And so if you you look over to the right, for those who see the screen, you could look up here maybe to the eighth house and you can see proportionately it's much smaller. And Mm. if you look down here on the bottom for those who can see the screen, You've got planets that are both Sagittarius and Sagittarius and Capricorn falling underneath the fifth house. So you can have Mm. two different signs in one house. And that's something you can't have in whole signs. So whole signs, you know, for, for your chart, for example, your first house is Leo, end of story. Your fifth house is Sag, end of story. And Placidus, you can have, like you've got Sagittarius and Capricorn together. So that's, that's the biggest difference. Just visually, you're going to see different sizes, but looking visually,
0: yeah. Massive density, massive density in the fourth and fifth house on the, on the right-hand side on the Placidus system, massive density there.
1: I'm glad you said that because there's some stuff missing in Hellenistic astrology that's not showing up. So in Hellenistic astrology, they were only dealing with what they could see in the sky. So they Hellenistic astrology only looks at the seven traditional planets. So you're not mm. going to get Pluto. You're not going to get Uranus. And you're not going to get um, Neptune. Those are not going to, you, you don't read those in a Hellenistic chart. And so that's why yours looks yes. a little busier here. Because you have three of those planets showing up that are not on the Hellenistic chart. So you're missing those. Mm -hmm. And for people who do Hellenistic astrology, some don't look at them at all. Other people like myself, if the planet is within one degree, Mm -hmm. then you look to it as being relevant because otherwise it's a generational planet. For 20 to 30 years, it can be, you know, it affects everybody in that sign. But for you, for example, Uranus and your moon are almost within half a degree so i would actually look at that in your chart you know because to me that would matter because they're so close and you would feel an impact on that so it's looking less busy because not only have we taken out the three outer planets that are down in that quadrant you've also got the vertex Mm. here which is not a planet it's a point so it looks a little bit busier down here without those points and um what's extra in hellenistic astrology is we also look at lots Both charts have it. There's like a little glyph. So people who can't see this, but when they look at their charts later, that has a little X in it, that's the lot of fortune. And in Hellenistic astrology above and beyond looking at fixed stars is you can get a lot of information looking at the lots, most specifically the lot of fortune and the lot of spirit and the lot of fortune Mm -hmm. for you. It's I mean, this is a really positive thing in your chart. You've got your lot of fortune in the same house as your midheaven and your sun, And it's the ninth house is like the house of God, like a really great house in Hellenistic astrology. So you're really hooked up good for like kind of career and that kind of thing. A lot of fortune is the stuff that comes to you from outside of yourself. You know, like maybe the help that Mm -hmm. you get from others, the things that are outside of your control that's more lunar, like, so again, instead of imagining you and going outwards,
0: would that include things like our spirit guides or cosmic energy? Like, is is that what you mean by kind of outside of our self energy?
1: It can literally mean like, just no humans in your life. Like my, my son has, has a lot of fortune in the eighth house, which is death, but it's also inheritance things from others. He gets stuff, you know, like he would get, you know, like, grandpa would give him things or, you know, if he was part of groups, you know, he'd be able to draw stuff or donations from other people and bring it to the group. So it's more like, not like knowledge and even material things like inheritance, money. Mm -hmm. If you're looking at someone's chart for work, you know, for, for career and purpose, sometimes you look at the eighth, because if you have benefic planets, like you do in the eighth, that person could have, receive those good things from outside of themselves coming to them so not necessarily the unseen but also very much you know in in this in this world and your light of spirit is that comes from you and where you put your energy and so your light of spirit Mm -hmm. is down in the fifth house and your light of fortune is up here in the ninth and we'll get to your hellenistic one in a minute but those are a couple of extra points that really just add a little bit more so we may have taken away those outer planets but now we've brought in some of the lots to give us some more information about your chart I've
0: heard, of, I've heard of the lot of fortune but not the lot of spirit
1: there's there's if you look over well and for those who can't see but i'll point this out here in the hellenistic chart there's seven main lots you've got spirit fortune necessity eros, courage there's these different ones Three main mm. ones that you work with, even from a predictive context, um, I will look at a lot of spirit from zodiac correlating releasing If people want to know what's coming down the road for them for career and for job, and how is this timing for this? Um,
0: spirit is career.
1: Is more kind of more career, more of your like, think of your son, your purpose, the out in the world, a lot of fortune is your body. And so people like mm. me for night charts, I, I look a little more heavily on fortune, because we process a lot through our bodies as well you know people like again moon body physical that kind of thing a lot of fortune can tell you stuff with your health and then a lot Mm. of arrows can tell you about relationships and not just romantic but if people do Mm. have questions about relationship um i'll do zodiac releasing and i'll use that so let me pull up and again hopefully you, you don't need to see this visually but for those who are looking at it visually you can get a sense and I'm going to switch over to just looking at your chart specifically.
0: And I guess for people who are curious, and of course, they're going to run and do their chart now. So they can do this on astroseek.com. They do. They I, would... actually, I was going
1: to say, I have a video on my website. So we should maybe pop that down in Perfect. YouTube that specifically Perfect. says, yes. how do you bring it up? Yeah. Step-by-step, step, how do you bring it up? And it's
0: really short. It's just and a I... couple of. I think we'll probably do some you know googling or youtubing on lot of spirit you know and things like that do you have some videos about that too
1: you know i've gotten into some of the basics and i'm continuing to add you know for and and i don't want to get people i don't want people to get lost because this is me pulling up a traditional zodiacal chart so for those that aren't seeing it it's basically just your traditional chart or your normal chart except it doesn't have the outer planets but for those who are going to go to look at this, this Zodiacal one, you start scrolling down, you've got the Zodiacal releasing, you've got annual perfections. This is why it can be useful to check in with an astrologer, because there's so many moving parts. It's, it's, you know, it's like having a lot of ingredients. Like if we if we pulled up in in Astro they tell you what does it mean to have Jupiter in the sixth house? They tell you what it means to have Jupiter and Capricorn, but it doesn't tell you what Jupiter in Capricorn in the sixth house together, together means. Yeah. So it's like having a bunch of ingredients, but you know, like you got butter and you got some sugar and you got some salt, but when you, they, they make different things when you put them together and what translating means. it can be a lot but nonetheless, I still recommend, and I've also got a video up there on how to even just pull your chart up in whole sign that, that gives you those interpretations underneath. So you can just start getting familiar with your chart. So what I'm
0: seeing just, just this, like without knowing, you know, too, too much about Hellenistic, but just looking at these two charts, just mm-hmm. looking at what planets, and new information that is, is there. Mm-hmm. It feels like even the astrologers or those who are, you know, very expert in looking at it, it just adds now different aspects with these. Oh, it's interesting that's called hermetic lots as well, but because I'm very into the hermetics, I think it's great thing for people to tune into to look at these lots and how what they mean and where they're showing up in their houses, I would say. Like that's what's popping out at me. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of details. There's the night and day aspect, which I think already gave another mm-hmm. dimension and then these lots feel like they're quite interesting as well
1: well are you familiar with hermes trismegistus
0: to that yes you know? so i have uh the hermetics the cabalian right over here mm-hmm. and we've got hermetics books so, so this I'm is like, going to be the thing this, uh, Hermetic, hermetics this is hellenistic astrology
1: is is attributed to hermes trismegistus for what it's worth. Ah. And so, and that's, so that's, you know, there's plenty of places where you can get some of that deeper history of Hellenistic astrology, but usually I don't share that because people say, who? <laughs> and, but, yes, but for you, for people who are familiar, there's definitely, <laughs> that. yeah.
0: Ah. It's,
1: it's so much fun. And, and again, for people who may go and who aren't seeing this right now, but might go to their charts there are some clues that you can get, too, that they help you out. Like there's colors around the wheel, and those are connected to earth, air, water, and fire. So you can even look at a chart mm. without knowing, like, what do those squiggles mean? You might not know what the squiggles mean. You might not know that that's Aquarius, but because you know the color, it's like, oh, well, that's that's air. And so you might still be able to take in some information looking at the chart without necessarily yes. understanding what every little glyph means, and even the planets, there's connection. If you go to even traditional Chinese medicine, the twelve meridians yes. are connected. It just—it's so stunning. Like twelve houses, signs, twelve meridians within the body. There's oh, con- I didn't know that. Either.
0: Yeah, my husband is a. Chinese medicine doctor, so I'll be interested to see how this relates. I'm just seeing different pieces, and I think that's again the beauty of using maps. It's like, you know, there is universal truth, but how it's come through different people. So it's come through Hermes mm-hmm. in this way
1: and mm-hmm. bringing it
0: forward, right? So in this one, we can see the twelve meridians, and it's like, oh, cool. Like I, I wonder, you know, how that shows up. So where would people look for the meridians?
1: Well, now that's a whole nother thing. I think that's going to be beyond Excellent. the scope and we can, we can do that, but, we but what I can tell you, which will fall underneath this, is if you think yin and yang or yin and yang, however you prefer to say it, that's present in the chart. And so you've got, so each planet within Hellenist or in each sign in Hellenistic astrology is connected to a planet. So uh-huh. Cancer, for example, is the moon, Capricorn is Saturn. And other than Leo and Cancer, which are just the sun and moon, every other one has one planet and two zodiac signs. And they're both the yin Uh and the yang. So they're the yin and the yang. So you've got the different expression within the zodiac signs there. So Jupiter, for example, rules Sagittarius and Pisces. So even Uh knowing that, you could guess if you looked at the circle of the wheel with you know Sagittarius having red fire. And Pisces being blue water, you'd be able to tell which one is more yin in nature, which one is that. Yeah. So you can bring that into it. And then each of the planets are also associated with hot and cool and wet and dry. So that's where you can start getting into some of the medical stuff, or even how does it cross with TCM, is when you start knowing those elements without necessarily going to. Um, diving deep into those meridians um yeah but looking at your chart and people who want to do purpose for example and have fun like I, yes, I was saying absolutely. before not we purpose, got on we- yeah like you can't not first of all you can't this is where I find so much grace so much compassion and just so much awe from this form of astrology because first of all we didn't screw up What I see when I look at people's charts and our own charts, we didn't take the wrong path. You know, it wasn't our fault, the bad stuff that happened to us. You can see it in the chart. And sometimes when I read a chart for somebody, I might just say as simple as, you know, yeah, it looks like there might have been, it might have been hard, you know, harder for you growing up and you leave it at that. And sometimes you can go a little bit deeper and you can see what areas are areas it happens in. First of all, you didn't screw up. There is not one single solitary chart that I've read where somebody isn't living their purpose that is showing up in their chart. Like nobody is off track.
0: Um, everybody- But I've then for read- you, explain, you know, more in the, again, mundane world, yeah, you know, 3D world, Yeah. people just really have it tough, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I can think of, you know, definitely some specific people in mind who yeah. just really seem- Plagued with trauma that they can't release. Yeah. Yes. Really time, career wise, abundance wise, like whatever, whatever the wound is, whatever yeah. the issue is. Yeah. But whilst you know, life and what's written in the stars will play out and they don't yeah. know, right, this masterful plan of how it's going to express, mm-hmm. how do we give them comfort that the trauma and the hardships is not? is 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 not stopping them from living their purpose. Do you know what I mean? Cuz for exactly. a lot of people who struggle, it really does seem like very far off purpose, very yep. far off the track.
1: I hear that. And when we look at the chart, we can see that we're not we're not just Saturn and Mars. And I think that's part of the takeaway the difficult stuff cuz that's where you're going to see the challenges in the chart most likely connected to saturn and mars or difficult aspects with saturn and mars and what we can mm. do first of all is we can get understanding of where has that played out in someone's life so again looking in your your chart within whole signs you've got both of the malefics in the same place so you have mars and saturn both in the fourth house which is the house of home fourth house fourth house oh, yeah yeah home and ancestry <laughs> Somebody who has that without going too deep is somebody, you know, especially their early life, there would have been challenges, challenges at home, Mm. challenges with growing up, challenges around the house, even challenges with what home meant, you know, maybe with even where they lived or the actual home. So the first thing it can do is validate. It can validate Mm. with what you're feeling is real. So it's not so, so it's acknowledging and so it's not bypassing, it's validating. Yeah, that's real and it's there. But then we can also see what are other things in your chart that are helping you? What are things that you can reach to for support? So maybe you know something might look difficult, but what's what's strong in your chart? What are what are other places or even knowing um if there's a challenging a challenging aspect because it's one thing to just know that there's challenges in a certain area but then it's like well what do you do with it like well thank you yeah, you've confirmed so how do you
0: find- what did do you do? yeah it confirms validates but sometimes it can almost like press that shit in deeper you know it's just like you see i told you it's it's already there so how does one look at what is strong or helpful how do they know where to turn to so if you're yeah. able to point Mars and Saturn probably being difficult, you know, look at the mm-hmm. house, look at where it shows up. So mm-hmm. where are the helpful powers that one could look to, to also validate that they have this strength and support in their chart?
1: Well, and again, that exactly. So it's about healing and transforming. It's not, this is my lot in life. So I'm just going to give up because this is so hard. Because again, there's other aspects. Because remember, we're more than just, you know, one one part. And so first it would be finding out, you know, listening to the person of what they're coming with. Because just because they have challenging aspects um, that may not be affecting them with work, but maybe it is affecting them with relationship. Maybe it's affecting. So first it's finding out what area of their life that that challenge is happening in, looking to see what's there. And then there's different remediations that you can do with Saturn, with Mars. So somebody with um, a Mars, for example, that's overexpressed, like some of that intense energy, you know, that, or, or even for me, inflammatory stuff, what can we do yeah, to bring a yeah. cooling nature to it? So what can we do to balance that? People can do mm. different modalities. Some people bring homeopathy to it. Some people can bring acupuncture to it to balance those things out for some people. There's some houses that I look at some placements. I look at for, for overall health and well-being. And when Mars comes up as one of the areas, it's, well, is there a way that they can channel some of that energy? Is it in f- something physical? Mm-hmm. Is because there something physical they can do with that energy, whether it's walking or their form of movement or what kind of way can we channel those energies? Because the idea is that these things are going to express. So let's give it an avenue of expression that doesn't feel quite as challenging to experience like in your body or in your life so can we find avenues of expressions for these areas that are difficult so if saturn is really difficult that's something that 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 that's some some people use That's something that i have some people work with crystals and you know so might be like work with obsidian you know work with The level of my Saturn, I think I need like an obsidian temple that I need to go to. So sometimes it's like, you know, it's like, I'm sorry, but a stone isn't going to be quite enough for the level happening in my chart. But sometimes there's something Mm. called planetary charities or working with the energies of the planet. So for Saturn, what Saturn, Saturn is connected with homeless people and Saturn is affiliated with Saturday. So are you giving, can you give to, can you donate, can you give to you help? So planetary charity. So there's different ways that you can create Mm -hmm. some avenues of expression for these things that are showing up in your chart that's challenging. So, so that would be my answer would be if you're really feeling like there's something specific challenging you, you can work with that and you can find ways to give it a different outlet of expression Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think expression. You you say it really well with that. You know, it's like all these things. Yeah, it can help validate, but you know, if we're wanting to change and shift energy to shift the pattern, I think it's finding ways for the energy to move through. To move through, it can move through difficult. You know, like 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 a bottleneck of energy, or it can move through and just stream out as well. Uh, and I know that we can talk a long time about all of these really fascinating topics. So we do have to <laughs> I know, wrap it a little, but tell us, tell us anything else, like what if people I'm sure that, you know, going to, people are going to run their charts. So we've got the lots that are different. We've got the day and the night that we can look at, you know, and, and feeling for themselves. Oh, I had a question. So we're talking about purpose here yes, and how And express that or know that look it's happening it's happening whether we're conscious of it or not but of course Mm -hmm. if we can bring more awareness to it fabulous so how does this relate what's your view of how does this relate to us and free will like how much are we actually creating (laughs) our destiny and how much is just it's fake it's written there do you know what i mean like how much are we actually creating the life that we How much is, look, it was going there anyway.
1: You know, if you if you look at the the signs, for example, so for you, you've got your son in the ninth house. Ninth house has got a few different things associated with it. It has it's long distance travel. It's higher education. There's spirituality kind of philosophy connected to that. There's even publishing. So that's a big umbrella. So if somebody has ninth mm. house, there's a lot of avenues of expression there. And so mm. it's it's not just ninth house. Oh, you're going to do long distance travel. Now I have ninth house stuff too. And I actually do all of them. So it's like check, check, yeah. check, check,
0: check for all they mean. I was going to say, oh, I worked for an airline. I've moved around the world. I saw the whole Mars and Saturn thing in the fourth house. Well, I had to leave home, you know, to like work mm-hmm. on that healing thing. That's why I don't yeah. live there anymore. <laughs> so yeah. when, as you're saying, you know, the spiritual work. Yep. You know, like the teaching it's teaching, but at spirit level or at different, just different level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So there's, so even though it might be there on the chart, there's different ways for it to express and you are just going to be naturally drawn to those areas. It's like amazing Mm -hmm. to see. Cause I've done the the youngest chart I've done. I actually did. I pulled a chart for someone who's three months old and the the oldest I've gone way up and it's really fun to see just how much these things do wind up playing out that you do gravitate towards. It's more for confirmation, but for people looking at the chart and really maybe going back to something that's a little bit different for Hellenistic astrology, sun is purpose. So sun is is going to be like kind of what you're drawn to, but it's really important to look at your ascendant, the ruler of your ascendant. For you, see, you've got a double thing going on. The ruler of your ascendant, your ascendant is Leo, and yeah, you know, your or not that's not the ruler of your ascendant, but your your ascendant is Leo, and the ruler is the Sun. So you've got your Sun, and so so purpose is definitely going to be, you know, how are you going to express your purpose? Well, you know, through expressing your purpose, kind of thing. It's like how you express (laughs) is through. I know, right? Yours is kind of like really straightforward, but purpose matters. you because your midheaven is in the same house as your sun, which is in the same house as your ascendant ruler and so that is something that's going to have a strong focus in your life and for people for fun who are pulling up their chart if they want to know how aligned they are with their purposes the three houses that you look to are the second house the sixth house and the tenth house The 10th house is pretty common. Midheaven doesn't always land in your 10th. It's either usually 9, 10, or 11. But 10th house is Uh usually associated with career. The 6th house Uh is associated with how you do that career, like your preferred work environment. And then the Uh 2nd house is almost like the way that you make money. And for yours, you'll notice everything is earth sign. And so that would just tell me right off the bat. You know that you're grounding this. You're taking all of your fire and you're grounding that. That's part of what you do. I would also peek Mm. at the eighth house because if you look at the 10th, so for people who are like, well, wait a minute, I'm looking to my 10th house for purpose and it's empty and there's no planets there. So that must not matter. Mm. You can look to who's the ruler. Say for you, it's Taurus. Well, the planetary ruler of Taurus is Venus, whereas Mm. Venus in your chart. And we can get some more information. So your Venus is over in the eighth house. So again, just because mm-hmm. you have an empty house, that would be my takeaway. Yeah. Doesn't mean that house doesn't matter. You just look to whoever is the planetary ruler of that sign and then look where that is in your chart.
0: So just to recap that, because I thought that was brilliant to, to highlight. So we're saying for people to look and get a gauge of if they're expressing or living out their purpose, yeah. they should look at these few houses, which we'll repeat yes. again.
1: Yes. Looking
0: at them means that we're looking to see what planets are in that house. Is that correct?
1: We can see if there's planets. And if there are no planets in the house, then we'll look to whatever sign that's in, what planet is connected to that. And look, where is that planet in the chart? So again, and when for we the-
0: planet, yeah, that means So can we just hypothetically just do one example so people know what it is? So if we were to look at, I don't know, you said the second house was important. So So is there any?
1: Yep. Second house is associated with money and resources. It's usually you know traditionally associated with that. And if you're looking at career, that might be the way that you make money. And so for you, that's a Virgo. So see how it's completely empty. (laughs) You might be like, wait a minute, there's no planet. Oh, am I (laughs) going to make money? So, but Virgo, so then we,
0: ruler of Virgo,
1: yep, and that's Mercury, and
0: that's up in the ninth house. Mercury, so we're back into the ninth house, which is super packed already,
1: (laughs) right? You've got your lot of fortune, your mid heaven, Mercury, and Sun Mercury's communication. So, to me, that would also tell me that communicating. For you, again, this podcast is just perfect for you as an avenue, right? This is just so right on. Um, So that would be the how. So second house is a a bit of the how. And if it's empty, look to who the planet is that rules it. Sixth house is the work environment that you prefer. So six, it's not just illness and injury. So
0: Jupiter is in the sixth house. So what does that mean? Mm
1: -hmm. So that's somebody who... Just because it's in fall, you're still bringing like this expansiveness, like this, this really, this is somebody who's a hard worker, but you also have optimism. Mm-hmm. So you're not like just this, like, okay, I'm just yeah. like this hard, sledgy worker. You still will have an expansive optimism that you'd bring to that. So already with Virgo, somebody with, you know, their details, you add in this hard worker and the 6 but you have this expanse of lightness that you bring to it so your preferred working like you would want to be in in a work environment where like people aren't pulling their own weight like that's kind of how yeah. I say it. so you know yeah. 6 house it's also
0: interesting when i reflect back on my professional life so when i started out which was in corporate you know back in 2000 i don't know 09 and i was yeah. an auditor and that things like attention of to detail of course. Like detail. But then, you know, when you're talking about, you know, people needing to pull their weight, you know, re- more recently in my corporate career, like back in uh, 2018, 19, um, I was the chief financial officer for uh, a company. And it was just like, I don't care how you get it done. Just get it done. It was really like yeah. needing them to own their work as they come into it. Like we all have, you know, shit to do. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Fabulous. No, beautiful. And see, and we didn't even look, and and so most people just look at the 10th, but you can see how much information we got from the second house and the sixth house. It just adds some of those extra layers for understanding what
0: you're bringing. Well, multifaceted and so many things. And I think we've already given our listeners some new perspectives, hopefully to tune into. So it was, so look at your second, sixth, eighth house. Did I get that right? Did I miss you one? Look at your Maybe. Eighth,
1: you can look at your eighth. That's optional. You, cause your have planets there. You have Venus there. And so again, it would be normally the house of death. Now it's more like the house of transformation, inheritance, that kind of thing. Yeah. You have Venus there and Venus and Pisces. Mm-hmm. I might've said Jupiter might not be happy in Capricorn, But Venus really likes being in Pisces. And so to me, that would also seem like you would have whether things come to you through connections, but like things would come to you and you definitely have like an element of like arts or beauty or finance because of Taurus up in your 10th of what you would be doing for career. So because your 10th house is empty, the ruler of your 10th house or not the ruler, but your um, sign, it's in Taurus, the ruler is Venus. So then we would peek over to the 8th. That's where your Venus is. And accountants hmm. are even associated in the 8th house for what it's worth. So people are <laughs> dealing with numbers. It's all written there. Really? The pathways it are is. all... It is. it is. It is. So do you have free will? Absolutely. Can you choose to be, you know, uh, with a long distance travel or somebody who's doing higher education and either or, or you can do all of the above, that you do have free will, but just like if you're living in America versus another country, you know, y- you you have free will, but within the realm of where you're at, that's kind of like what the stars are, you know, and what your charts yeah. are. So do you know? Do you have free will? Yes, but you are informed by the ether, the space, whatever you're wherever you're at. Exactly.
0: I mean, it's a little like that nature versus nurture. You know, yeah. it's like you're absolutely going to be influenced by energies around and you know maybe there's more optimal places where certain energies are already running there i think mm-hmm. that's a whole other field yeah. of astrography right like looking yeah. at where the energies are yes. and you are in the world so look we're just getting into the hellenistic astrology which um for now we're just gonna you know close that so thank yes. you tracy for looking yes. at art just yes. bringing some the reason we look at the chart in this detail as well, just to give some examples, is seeing that it's not just looking at a planet and reading on Google what it means, but it's like being able to interpret that whole story, right? And you can, you know, talk five hours about someone's chart because there's so many different things to highlight. So exactly. I guess just having received what you shared now, I would ask people to run their chart short. Sure. look at the things in their life that are they're struggling with or wanting more insight or wanting to dive deeper and then go and look at the charts to get some information otherwise you know we could be rabbit holing in this and talking 10 hours just on one person's chart you know and this is the complexity and magnificence of who we are as well you know there's so many so many layers that we can look at yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to kind of wrap up the intro to Hellenistic astrology before we wrap up this beautiful little chat?
1: Don't assume the worst. You <laughs> look at your chart. It's easy to get scared when you see the malefics. So anybody who's running their charts, I know one of my first things when I was learning astrology was like, Saturn is in fall and he's <laughs> compassed and he's conjunct my sun in my north node. My life will never get better. And that's just not yeah. the case. So don't let it scare you and don't let it overwhelm you. So just look at it. You can do, it's called chart gazing. See what speaks mm. to you. If you want some support for understanding different things, reach out for support. Otherwise, there's a lot of tools that you can get as well. But but the biggest thing is it's, it's so easy to go fatalist with this, you know, and look for the mm-hmm. worst stuff. And so my, my biggest takeaway would be just making sure that we don't get too pulled into um, looking at the one thing that's not good when there's nine other yeah. things that are good. And just yeah. remember, like, look for the good in your chart as well. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I'm always a glass half full, but it's more than half full. It's more than you think. All right. Yes. So thank yeah. you so much, Tracy. For sharing all your wisdom and letting us have just this brief look into hellenistic astrology as i'm sure there will be more i'll be sharing all of tracy's links and where you can book in if you'd like to have a reading and also just to run your chart you know just have a look have a feel you know we actually went quite into some of the details of my chart but have a look at yours what draws your attention you know what are you looking at and i'm sure that we can get some beautiful insights to help us to embody more of who we are so thank you for being on the show And I'm sure that it's not the last time that we'll be chatting. So thank you so much for being here.
1: Thank you. It's such a delight. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.